0: Well, today I'm just getting back from sabbatical. I'm still trying to get settled into the rhythm of returning to work after a month-long rest. Hello, everyone. This is Rev Brad. I had a few thoughts of different things to share today, but I finally decided that I want to introduce you to a special woman. So stay tuned. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net! Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made a bench, and they have! He has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about, you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're on the angle of, what a goal! What a goal! One of the things I love most about the beautiful game of football is the opportunity that it holds for both men and women. Being the father of four girls, there are few sports that afford both boys and girls similar opportunities for development within the game. Plus, as my oldest daughter gets ready for a second year of high school girls soccer, I'm more than ever looking at the game from the women's side. And as my daughters continue to grow, one of the things I want to do as a father is introduce them to strong women of faith, women who have an entrepreneurial spirit, to women that are exemplary in life, love, and service. Well, a few years ago, I met the woman who I want to introduce you today through the course of my reading and working through Celtic Daily Prayer. It's a daily devotional guide that features many of the Celtic saints that have preceded us in the faith. If you're looking for a devotional guide, this might be a great help for you. I know I've mentioned it many times before, but our family had a neat discussion around the dinner table the other night as I told my girls about this lady. Her name is Bridget, Bridget of Kildare. Bridget was an Irish woman who lived around 450 to 523 AD. There aren't a ton of stories about her, but we do know some pretty interesting things. First, she was famous for her generous and hospitable spirit. There are a number of stories where she's seen giving to the poor and taking people in and looking after the needy. She was an extremely practical person too. Bridget's feast day, the day she's celebrated by the church, is February one which I think makes it a great time to talk about her and her life here on this podcast today. Some of the most well-known stories about Bridget are around these themes and moments where she's being generous and showing hospitality. There's one story that's told where Bridget, uh, she's in the habit of giving her father's possessions and food away to the poor. And her dad became so frustrated with her that he decided one day to sell her to the king because he just couldn't take it anymore. So he gets Bridget, throws her in the chariot. They, they drive to the castle. They go to the king. While he's in audience with the king, the story goes that Bridget was sitting there in her father's chariot and a beggar comes up and asked for any alms that she could spare. Bridget hands over her father's sword. Later, when dad and the king came out, they were amazed to learn what happened. Bridget's dad probably wasn't too happy either. Bridget had utterly no regard for what she had done. She was only motivated with compassion. Well, this certainly scared the king off, and he realized he couldn't take Bridget in because she might end up giving away his entire kingdom someday. Another story of Bridget includes a time when she was a guest in someone else's home. Lepers came by the house asking for food, and Bridget couldn't find anyone who could help her, except for a young boy, a servant boy, who was a mute. She asked him for the key to the kitchen. Where is it? And he spoke out, I know where it is kept. And he and Bridget got food and gave it to the lepers that day. Well, you know, a lot of the stories of the saints of old often have this knife's edge border of miraculous and unbelievable to them. There's another story later in Bridget's life that includes a leper coming to her and asking for a cow, presumably as a source of food and income. And Bridget asked this question, would you rather have a cow? Or be healed of your leprosy. To which the leper replied, I would rather be healed than own all the cows in the world. So Bridget prayed, stretched out her hand, and the leper was healed. You know, while sharing these stories and a few others with my wife and daughters, the question arose how do we show generosity and hospitality like Bridget did? How do we give selflessly of our things, our possessions, our food, for people in need? What does it look like to show hospitality and generosity to family, friends, strangers? I I often think it's easier sometimes to show those things to family and friends. It's difficult to share it with strangers. But think about it for a moment. I think this is a crucial question, even for those in football today. Whether you're a GM, a coach, an owner, or even football aside, consider the state of the business world these days. There's a lot of employees that feel a lack of being valued by one's workplace or in a particular club or team environment. In some organizations, I know there's a tremendous lack of welcoming, a lack of hospitality, a lack of uh, giving worth or or value to an employee to a, to a person that's working. And as word gets round, you know I I know footballers constantly tell me of the woes of. Yeah, this particular club or that particular team, yeah, they just didn't treat you well. They didn't treat you right. They didn't treat my family, my kids right. I've heard some of those stories, many of those stories. It's one of those areas that could be greatly improved with just a few simple steps. And, and I think Bridges' life has some key insights for the football entity, but it's probably more practical for us to consider how Bridges' life ought to influence us individually. Around the table, my family and I, we identified a few ways that we could and ways that we have shown generos- generosity and hospitality. Let me just share a few of them with you. Uh, one that came up was giving away our prized possessions to friends that have little or nothing. Um, you know, around my table, Barbie dolls became one of the potential items that we could give away because, you know, my some of my daughters, we, we have quite a few of them. So what does it look like to share one of those, especially a meaningful, maybe even a new one? with a friend of ours who doesn't have anything or, or maybe only has a doll or two. Another one that came up, sharing our home for people or persons that are needing a temporary place to live or stay. It's something we've done for athletes and, and for their family members uh, occasionally, you know, and, and, and we have friends that have been between homes and they needed a place to stay. And so they move all their stuff into our house and take up our basement. And, and, and that's, a, that's a good way of showing uh, hospitality and, and sharing what we have. Uh, another one we we often do is opening our home and providing a meal. And whether that's for family, friends, or strangers, we've we've had the whole gamut here at our place. Uh, another one that we've we've tended to do, we haven't done in a while, is making homeless bags to hand out to those that are, you know, kind of on the side of the road looking for help or looking for support. And it's a project we've done with athletes and friends with our church before. We just put really useful items in a in a plastic bag. And instead of giving people money, you know, maybe there's a food gift card or something in there, but instead of giving money away, we, we give them this sort of practical bag that, that they can use. Well, I shared with the girls about um, this other friend of mine that I know who excels in practicing the art and discipline of generosity and, and, and hospitality. I learned one time from her that uh, some guests had come over into their home and uh, the the wife of of the guest made a comment. She said, how lovely this wreath looks that was hanging over the fireplace. And this friend of mine went over to the wreath, took it down, and gave it to him. And she said, look, I've enjoyed this for long enough, and it's really meaningful that I get to give this to you, and I want you to take it home with you, put it somewhere in your home, and I want you to enjoy it now. And I think... What, can you imagine if we live like this, if we treated one another like this? What a difference and impact on a world it would make. Uh, I think about practical football examples and illustrations. My mind keeps coming back to the very practical times that it often happens young athletes are in academy situations. I, I think we've all heard at least a story or two about a superstar who looks back and there was that family who took them in, that fed them, housed them, clothed them, kept them as a member of their own family— Uh, took care of them as if they were, you know, just one of the children. You know, oftentimes that's not really done for some reward or fame. I recently watched a Netflix documentary on Antoine Griezmann. Part of his story included the hospitality and generosity of the scout, and he let Antoine stay with him while he was in the academy and he was away from his family. I've seen and I know about other similar stories within our own academy, the Rapids Academy, a family has all the out-of-town kids over for a meal every week. They they become almost like the surrogate family. That's it. That's the generosity and the hospitality that that I think is part of the spirit of what Bridget was doing. You see, there's this beauty and blessing in the gift of hospitality. And and in the one who has a generous spirit. Now, if you're an executive, if you're an administrator or a coach or a GM, you might be thinking, oh, man, what's this going to cost me? Uh, what's this going to do to the bottom line? And, and I know some of you, you have teams and clubs and situations where you struggle already with the expenses, but it's just a few little things that I think help change the attitude and the culture of a club, and they, they show something different. They show something different about you and, and your team and, and your environment. You know, part of my own service as a volunteer chaplain with the Rapids is showing hospitality on game days. You know, oftentimes I come across families that are struggling to navigate the stadium with young children. You know, the kids are running off over here and over there, you know, or sometimes family members will come in from another country and they're not English speaking. They they don't know their way around. Um, sometimes it's simply going and getting a, a coffee or a cup of water or, or something else for these folks and, and just sharing in hospitality and extending Um, myself on on behalf of the Rapids Club and and in other ways to just make people feel comfortable and feel welcome. Well, to close our time, I want to challenge you to consider how you can show generosity and hospitality in the place where you're at. If you're an athlete, you know, maybe you have a solidified place at your club. And maybe for you, generosity and hospitality means reaching out to a new, a younger, or a foreign player and, and that person's family if you're a coach or club executive, you know, maybe you need to evaluate the hospitality touch points that uh, are there for your staff and for your team, or or maybe even creating a, a, a generosity fund because athletes and staff, sometimes they'll go through a, a moment, a crisis, they'll find themselves in trouble and, and they just need that little extra support to help see them through. Um, you have to weigh some of those things as, as to what you're responsible for and to, but no matter who we are, or our station and place in the game or in life, we can all learn to love and serve and grow our personal capacities to show generosity and hospitality to those in need, to those that are poor, disabled, or disadvantaged in our own communities like Bridget did. As a parting prayer, I want to leave you with Bridget's grace. This is a short, simple prayer. Uh, It may often be said uh, before a meal but it really captures a lot of the heart of Bridget and her generosity and hospitality. God bless our food. God bless our drink. And keep our homes and ourselves in your embrace. Oh God, amen. This is Rev. Brad coming to you from the Touchline.